0: And welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we will be talking about the 13th episode of Riverdale Season 4, The Ides of March. I'm Mary Kukowski, and I'm joined as always by my one true love, Kirsten McInnes. Kirsten, how are you doing this
1: evening? You know, when I woke up today, I had no idea that this is where I would end up. And that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah spoiler alert, Jughead's dead. He, he gone, he murdered, yep. but I still
0: don't think he's actually dead. No, that's it. Cole Sprouse... Officially signed off on the show. Yeah, he's probably no dead more. in real
1: life too, actually.
0: Yeah, probably. Haven't seen from him in a little while. Yeah, so. like they're just
1: gonna replace him with Dylan Sprouse. And I mean,
0: it's I that would be kind of cool for like a bizarro. I really think they should do that for a bizarro episode anyway, just have Dylan Sprouse in there and everyone be like, Jughead's just a little bit different, but we don't know why.
1: Because <laughs> they definitely don't look the same at all. Well, anymore. yeah, I feel like doesn't Dylan Sprouse still have blonde hair? Yeah. yeah. And I feel well, like I mean, he wouldn't go dark for the role. Probably not, but but, so it could just be a really funny episode where Dylan Sprouse is there still blonde and it's like this is what it would be like if Jughead was the golden boy instead of yeah, RG. That would be I feel cool. like that would be really
0: fun. Yeah, I think that would be fun too. But anyway, we've got a lot going on with this episode so we're going to jump right in today and talk about it. We're going to break it down pretty much in order of what happened and then get into some theories because that's mostly what I want to talk about. Theories. This episode was broken up into five sections Monday through Friday. I don't really know why they broke it up that way because by halfway through we were already on thursday so i feel like we could have probably started with thursday
1: if we needed to no we needed to know about monday and tuesday okay uh, look this episode was all about jughead
0: uh and his eventual death and then really super thirsty veronica
1: and uh archie trying to run two businesses no he's he's I not also, like veronica, I, I can't yeah i loved when he's like veronica i'm not like you <laughs> I can't run multiple businesses and do well in school.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think Veronica can either. I think she's uh, delegating. Anyway, we haven't seen her at the Maple Club in like three episodes. We've just seen Cheryl and Tony there.
1: Yeah, 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 that's true. That is what happened. So we start off on Monday at 4.45 a.m. Archie is up bringing coffee and donuts to the men at the construction firm. And I feel that this is such poor financial planning. Like they currently cannot pay their staff but he's now providing donuts and coffee i feel like this is not the first time i've seen this of
0: of archie like getting food for people that he can't uh I don't know. I don't know. I guess
1: Pops is probably donating it since
0: Veronica owns it. That's true. That's possible. Yeah, i also kind of surprised that Pops makes donuts because like...
1: We've never seen them.
0: Yeah, yeah, at all. So I'm not sure about that. So yeah, then he goes to the center and uh, Mrs. Moore, who is Monroe, aka Mad Dog's, I guess grandmother, I think? Yeah, it's his grandma. Yeah, so she's watching the center at the day while
1: Archie's at school. Is she just doing this for free, I assume? Yeah, she's just so thankful that... Archie got Mad Dog into Notre Dame even though Archie had like shockingly little to do with that since Archie was pushing Mad Dog not to play that day. So if anything, Archie tried to keep him out of Notre Dame, but he's getting a lot of credit here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I don't know.
0: And then Archie's like, oh, you're gonna probably go to college because you're such a nice guy or whatever. And Archie's like, oh, that reminds me. (laughs) I haven't talked about that
1: at all. Being a nice guy, the number one thing that college admissions (laughs) are looking for. And so and he goes to Mr. Honey and he's like, Is it too late to apply for college? And Mr. Honey's like, Well, yes, it is too late. And also, you're not gonna graduate. <laughs> your friends
0: which we already knew last year like when he got back from the juvie they were like yeah you're not gonna graduate i don't know why for the last year we've been pretending that he was
1: i guess because Because he's been in denial and like he's totally shocked and he's like well can i please walk with my friends And Mr. Honey's like, no, because you're not going to graduate. So I'm not going to give you the empty gesture of walking with your friends. And I'm completely with Principal Honey on this one. I'm with Principal Honey, but I'm also confused of, like,
0: why does Archie, is it because he wants to pretend to his friends that he's graduating? Like, I don't know what his what his plan is, what his deal is. It's all it's all pretty dumb. Uh, also, like, why River is jail. he... It's all pretty dumb. Well, and also, like, why is he not doing well in school? Is it is it because he's, like, falling asleep in class because he's tired? Is it because he's not doing his homework? Like, I feel, I don't know, I don't know what kind of school they're going to, but Betty and Jughead and Veronica are also all really busy and they're somehow doing okay. So like why is he not studying with Veronica at the same time she is? I don't know. Archie
1: also didn't go to school for a year and a half last year. So I'm assuming that he's not in the same classes as the rest of these people and it just he was gone he's for never, like 6 months, but okay. Yeah, 6 months of a school year in high school is a semester and a half. Okay, but I don't understand why we've been pretending that he's been in 12th grade then.
0: Yeah, that's what I would like to know. <laughs> he's not. That. <laughs> if, if he didn't gra- if he didn't pass 11th grade then he's not in 12th grade whatever it's okay N- no one cares so then uh Hiram shows up and he's like hey I'm gonna work out at the El Royale even though apparently he belongs to like two other gyms which I looked up solstice gym yeah it's because it's a joke of equinox is that what it is okay because I was yeah. like the problem was solstice gym actually is a real crossfit gym as well but it's like a celebrity crossfit gym which I thought made sense but then it's in the New Jersey so
1: yeah no okay. I I think it's, so I think it's a, a joke because okay, Equinox
0: fine. is a gym. Yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. I was looking up Solstice, the word, and I was like, what's a word similar to this that could be the play on words, but I can't figure it out. Okay. Equinox, that makes more
1: sense. Yeah, because Equinox is, I think, like the um cheaper gym associated with Soul Cycle, I think. Okay. If I'm wrong about this, please don't tell me because I don't care. I don't have either of them in my region. So, okay. I'll look it up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um. Over
0: in the Veronica plot line, Hyrule is like she gets really set off on this episode from basically nothing Hiram's hand is shaking and he drops his cup of coffee and then Veronica like is trying to be nice and help him clean it up and he's like no don't help me and she's like fine then I'll never offer my help again also Hermosa is back which means that she is gonna have a plot in this episode.
1: Yep she is a person that is present in this episode and I uh I'm totally fine with it. What does she do in Riverdale like besides like just hanging out with Hiram does she have she's a job a, she's a private detective okay and whatever. I'm assuming she runs the Lodge Rum Empire from I think you can run that from anywhere
0: I guess anyway but yes yeah, so. So
1: like the main thing that spurs all of Veronica's anger this episode is that sh- she was informed by her mother that Hiram is sick Hiram doesn't want Veronica to know that he is sick and so therefore she doesn't get to help at all she's very sad that her dad is gonna die and she doesn't know what to do with this pent-up energy except Except for banging with Archie in inappropriate places.
0: Right. So they bang in the music room, which like there's still a window in the door, guys. And I thought that there was just going to be some like hot and heavy making out. But nope, we get the classic like he's zipping up her dress at the end. Cut to that. So whatever. And then Veronica is like, oh, well, we're probably going to go our separate ways after graduation or at least like go be long distance. And I don't want to think about it. So let's just have fun, which we need here so that she can get mad at him for not having fun. Yeah, She's
1: like, let's just promise that we're going to have the
0: most fun. Yes. Uh, And as we all know, the most fun means banging in a lot of places.
1: That's the only way to have fun as a teenager.
0: Yes. Over on the stony side of things, DuPont kicks Jughead out of the quill and skull. And I think it's funny because Jughead's like, oh, is it because Betty broke into the sanctum sanctorium? And DuPont's like, yeah, let's go with that. I don't know what I was going to say, but sure. That sounds good. like,
1: Yeah, it it is for that. (laughs) and also because you're bad and also we're gonna terminate your Baxter Bros contract because you haven't turned in satisfying material by this Friday March 15th the Ides of March and so we learn possibly the weirdest thing about Stonewall Prep which is that they celebrate the Ides of March which is March 15th which I believe isn't it it's when Caesar died, right?
0: I have absolutely no idea. I'm like I pretty, pretty sure like, I don't that's know. I'm pretty it's sure like that's the first where that, I've heard,
1: but I I don't know what it was. I'm pretty sure it's when Caesar died. Um, yeah, it's the Roman, it's a holiday in the Roman calendar on March 15th, and it be yeah, it became notorious as the date of the assassination of Julius Caesar. So that's why it's like a big deal, which makes it really weird that Stonewall Prep celebrates it. Um, side note, it was also my parents' wedding anniversary, so that's why I know what the Ides of March is.
0: Fun. Um, them mentioning this also gives us an idea of when this show potentially takes place because March 15th is not on a Friday in the year 2020, so it's not present. It could either be 2019 or it could be 2013 or it could be 2026. I don't know if that math is right. Anyway, somewhere around there. But it's weird because, like, later on in the episode, Veronica mentions the show Euphoria. So, like, when is this set? So it had
1: to be 20... Oh, but then summer 2019 Nineteen euphoria hadn't come out yet yeah i didn't think so right isn't euphoria new right basically
0: they for whatever reason needed it to be on a friday i feel like they could have just tweaked the show slightly and put it on a saturday
1: like it is this year i think yeah that's a very good point march 15th is on a
0: sunday this year interesting they're
1: just bad and dumb they could have they could have just had the holiday beyond the sunday but then we wouldn't get everyone at stonewall talking about the odds of march over and over and over again
0: yeah it was weird. So Jughead is like, ah, I'm going to write the book anyway by Friday. And I'm going to give you a new copy. And it's going to be amazing. So he calls Betty in to help. Uh, and she has a really cute shirt on. It's like yeah, multi-colored in different little pattern.
1: Yeah, it's super <laughs> cute. I love how he calls her. And he's like, how soon can you get here? I need my real life Tracy True. And then she contributes in ways that she could have contributed over the phone. She did not need to physically be present for the- any like of this. She's like,
0: write about your own life, I think yeah. is what she said and he so he starts
1: writing about his time
0: at stonewall
1: a, a prep school thriller and we get several scenes throughout the week of him reading pages of his new novel to the group and all of this confirms for me as a jug, is a really bad writer all of it was bad it was so bad i mean imagine reading a mystery novel
0: and then like every two seconds it's like but if they only knew what was gonna happen in a couple days but if they only knew that really they were were burying the real killer but if they only knew that the perfect murder was gonna happen like he just keeps repeating the same kind of things over and And over and like foreshadowing the own his own book
1: and it's really bad and everything that he's writing is he's basically like accusing the other stonewall people it like lightly in his book that he's writing 10 pages at a time like he certainly doesn't have time to finish a whole book by friday and uh the quality of this book does not Seem like it's publishable, but that's, that's how it is. Yeah. And he gets, um, DuPont says, Autobiographical hokum won't save you. And it's like, Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Yes. It's trash.
0: So we moved on to Tuesday and we covered what Jughead does, which is just read some more of his book. I don't know why he has to read the book to like the little small group.
1: Why he can't just hand it to DuPont? Like, ugh, yeah, like, why time. can't he just actually write a whole book and then give it to the, the people that need to read it? Like, those well, and students, why are these other kids involved? Yeah, like they don't need to be there. I don't understand. Like, he, it's like he still thinks that he has friends at Stonewall when that is clearly not the case.
0: I also low-key don't understand why DuPont is involved in any of this. Give it to the board or whatever, but he's, DuPont's just like another one of the ghostwriters, whatever. So Cheryl answers a phone call at the Maple Club. And I like how she answers it with Ellie's essential oils, don't hate, alleviate. I don't know why I like that a lot. Anyway, so there's apparently some high roller chick at the speakeasy who wants to give them money. So she tells Tony to go check this customer out to make sure she's legit. Tony meets Hermosa in a very obvious wig, however, Probably the best wig we've seen so far.
1: High quality wig. For high quality sure. A wig. High quality wig.
0: Looks good. I couldn't really figure out though, like, what the deal was because at first they said, like, a frost haired woman. So I'm like, oh, it's going to be an old woman. But then it was just her wearing, like, a white blonde a p- a wig. A platinum blonde wig.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm confused on if the show expected us to not recognize her. Uh, I mean, it was very it was obvious. Very obviously her. I think the show expected
0: us to recognize her, but expected us to expect Tony to not recognize her because uh. I, don't, I don't, anyway, so Tony seems to be like, oh yeah, she's cool, whatever. Um, I'll have my partner meet with you tomorrow, which is the biggest thing that annoys me about all this because this is Tuesday and the partner does not meet them until Thursday. So not sure if you're going to break up an episode by days, just either stick this section in Wednesday. My guess is it was originally planned to be in Wednesday and then they realized they had nothing for Tuesday and then they forgot to change that line. Anyway. Because we
1: didn't need anything for Tuesday. Like No, but just don't structure an episode with like day by
0: day because Riverdale is always jumping all over the place. Like yeah. having one scene in the morning and then all of a sudden it's nighttime and you're like different characters are appear to be coexisting in different times of day,
1: whatever. So yeah. Veronica
0: and Archie are dancing at the club and Veronica needs
1: cold shower. Yep. she wants yep. to hook up all the time. And Archie's like, I gotta go. I gotta work at 5 a.m. And Veronica legitimately goes, boo, which,
0: I mean, I, I feel like if my girlfriend did that to me and I was Archie, I'd be like, hey, that's not nice. It's a school night. How? Are, hey, why are
1: there this many people partying in the club on a school night anyway? Because they want to have so much fun
0: before they graduate. So Veronica then also drinks from a flask that's just sitting on the bar, which for a place that has mentioned multiple times that Hiram is clearly watching and that clearly like, is not allowing alcohol, maybe stop drinking in public.
1: Yeah, she still has clearly got no idea that there is any sort of supervision or surveillance happening. Yeah. Okay, now it's Wednesday.
0: Jughead is reading from his book and he's like, Jarhead said this which is not i mean jarhead really yeah jarhead is jarhead a thing i mean it's clearly just a close but no cigar for it's a movie series right but it's it's as a name like if he's trying to pretend that he's at all not autobiographical also he says that his roommate bison which i assume was supposed to be brett but also no is like moose i assumed it was moose okay i just wasn't sure what the connection but oh bison i get it now okay it's because it's because i was reading it on um i was reading it on like the caption and they spelled it with a y if they had spelled it with an i it would have made more sense oh why did they they spell it that way oh because i think they're supposed to be like oh it's a name bison kind of like tyson but with a b which makes
1: sense yeah just now i get a jarhead which is fully a name okay well I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming them. Just okay, to be I get clear, it now. Bison, his roommate. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> Are we counting that as a close but no cigar? I mean, I don't think they count as close but no cigars because they're not like brands. Okay, fair enough. But I still think it should be noted.
0: Anyway, so all the all the like people listening do appear to be really intrigued by Jugged's writing, but it's not it's not because any normal people would be into this. They're only intrigued because it's about them. Like a normal reader would not be on the edge of their seat reading this
1: i mean i would be on the edge of my seat because i'm in the middle of getting up to leave because it's so bad (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: um, and then DuPont summons everyone. And um, yeah, he says Miss Berkeley, who I guess is Jane. Jane Berkeley. I, like, we finally find out the names of these other people, Jonathan and Jane, which I think we probably have heard before, but not enough for me to remember them. They're just like clearly the second second in commands compared to Brett and Donna.
1: Yeah, no, they're just people that are there because they couldn't just be Brett and Donna. <laughs> right. And like, considering last episode, it was so heavy on, oh, maybe Brett is just a
0: like a douchebag but he's not actually a murderer maybe Donna's the one in charge this episode they jump completely
1: back to like nope Brett and Donna are both bad guys
0: (laughs) I I don't know I don't know yeah I
1: still suspect that Donna is more in charge than Brett but right uh, probably I think that maybe like for a brief period period Brett was like oh maybe I can have like a friend and be a bad guy and I I can have it all and then he realized he can't I don't know they
0: talk about this short story that Jughead wrote to get into the school no to get into yale well so this is like the part that's confusing is they say it was the short story that got him into yale which was called on featherless wings but then jughead said he wrote it over the summer so i assumed it was also the short story for the short story contest
1: do you think he only writes one short story a year i mean who knows but i well if only we knew what was going to come next Right, exactly. Anyway, this kid Jonathan says that
0: he like also wrote the story and that he has it timestamped on his computer from like two months ago. And Jughead's like, ah, but I had it timestamped from the summer. But of course, his laptop has been
1: stolen, which like, duh, because Jughead got rid of his laptop because Brett gave him a new one. And I'm sorry, who said that that was going to matter someday? I think it was us. I think both of us said that this was a notable thing, obviously. But I also feel like if Jughead was like, yeah,
0: clearly this has been a setup because you You conveniently gave me a computer and my old one gets goes missing. Anyway, I just think it's all pretty sloppy and whatever. And so Jughead Jughead
1: is like enraged. Like you can accuse him of anything. But if you accuse him of plagiarism, that's hitting him where it hurts. And so my big issue with this
0: episode up to this point is From now on, so this is the end of Wednesday, so Thursday and Friday, the main conflict is this, like, plagiarism hearing that Jughead has to go to. I don't know why we couldn't have started with that. Like, why did we have to start with the, you're being kicked out of the Baxter Brothers contract and spend three days with him trying to write this new book? I feel like we could have started with the plagiarizing thing. Oh, you're going to be kicked out of the Baxter Brothers contract because of the plagiarizing. I just feel like we wasted so much time with Jughead trying to write a new book for no reason. Well,
1: you see, an episode of television is about 42 minutes, and if they... Had started it here, they would have been a few minutes short. <laughs> Gosh, whatever. So um, Archie is helping
0: Hiram lift weights and he's like, I need to ask you a business question. How come Veronica can, can run multiple businesses and do well in school and I can't? That's not a business question.
1: That's like a personal effectiveness question. And Hiram's like, you should probably quit one of your jobs. Yeah. Ex- yeah. And so Archie's like very stressed about closing down Andrew's construction because it's it's like this is my dad's legacy and Hiram is like well isn't your dad's name on both buildings and you will continue to to run his legacy I yeah. also want to know how much Hiram is paying to work out at the El Royale I,
0: yeah I know I don't really know why he's like working out with Archie I, I don't know I don't really think that Hiram has like sinister plans here I guess I think that he like definitely would like to somehow buy up the construction firm but I don't think he's like he's not really pushing Archie that hard to do it and so Archie says he meets with Sheriff Keller and says that Vic wants to buy Andrew's construction, but Archie doesn't like the guy, and so he's like, What if we sell it to Vic and then we hire Sheriff Keller to run the center full time? Why don't you just sell the construction firm to Sheriff Keller? Like cut out the guy that you don't like.
1: Money for that well I don't okay or but like at least put
0: him into I don't know whatever
1: well just like to point out we've only seen him do one job so he was
0: like helping Archie and then he was like also working at the other gym that we never talk about anymore but like there was another gym before Archie bought this gym or like whatever has it I thought that
1: was still this gym just Archie didn't own it it yet it was
0: just like the public gym it was a completely different one I mean it might have been the same set but it was like Uh, supposed to be just at like the YMCA huh yeah it was it was different anyway so Sheriff Keller was working there and then he was working as the like trainer for the the serpents when the serpents all became like deputies or whatever. I don't know what else he's been doing. I guess he's been working for Archie. I feel like I he's guess just he's had been of jobs. jumping
1: from job to job.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now it's Thursday. Jughead talks with Betty and FP about his issues with Dupont, and Betty's like, "I've got a plan." Now the plan, it's a bad plan, is bad. She's like, "I'm gonna make them take a lie detector test," which is really dumb because we all know that they're like really faulty, and the kid is like yeah I'm not gonna do this and so she's like okay Jughead's gonna take it which will rule him out and clear his name and everyone's like yeah that didn't really prove anything but whatever and Betty's like she calls Donna a Breddy, says that the test is only the beginning of all of the rest of her
1: plans but we
0: like don't see any of her other yeah. plans really. it was also
1: really funny the way that Betty calls Donna a bready because it was very unexpected like she went from zero to a hundred and was like uh, listen bready this yeah. is only the beginning and it was like whoa Betty simmer down like is this dark Betty back again Yeah, so the second part of Betty's master
0: plan is that they break into Donna and Joan's room because I think they're still looking for the laptop or something. I don't know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I think they're just looking for the laptop or any evidence that they might find.
0: And this is another pet peeve of mine of, like,
1: two people enter a room to snoop around and they just, like, shut the door behind
0: them. Like, have one of them stand outside, which would, and then maybe, like, distract the other people or something. And they don't find anything there, I guess, or at least we don't see them find anything in Donna and Joan's room. Then they sneak back into the... The Quill and Skull room, and the tapes are not there anymore. Also, wouldn't they trip the alarm? We know there's a silent alarm. Yeah, what
1: happened to the silent alarm? Where's Brett? But I guess Brett doesn't need the alarm anymore because the tapes are gone.
0: Right. And then they look in DuPont's classroom and they find a Baxter Brothers folder that says ready for print. And they open it up and it is The Boy in the River, which is Jughead's first novel that DuPont said the Baxter Brothers decided wasn't good enough. And it's been partially rewritten. So immediately Jughead and Betty go confront DuPont.
1: We cannot tell them enough. Stop just confronting people when you have information. Yeah, the minute you have anything. Because then DuPont's like, yeah, it's been rewritten. And Jughead's like, yeah, I know my story even when it's been like bastardized or whatever. And then DuPont's like, you really should have had a lawyer look at your contract because anything you submit to us, we now own and can do with as we please, which is absolutely within their rights. But also, okay let's just break this down real quick. If they're saying you're
0: kicked out of the contract because you didn't produce satisfactory work, except he did. He produced them
1: with a great outline that they then doctored up a little bit. Like they're still getting a book. I think they doctored it a lot though. And so I think that it's mostly just a loophole to get Jughead out because like he didn't play the game properly. And so now he doesn't get any of the benefits that he was going to receive when he was playing along with stuff. Uh, So it's like they're just going to say, yeah, we didn't take like your idea wasn't good we had to completely rewrite it and then use that as a an excuse to fire him from the contract also i don't know every Stupid. word he's written since has just confirmed to me that he should have never received a contract to begin with cuz he's really a bad 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 writer
0: yeah, and, and we mentioned it a couple times. All of the scenes where he's reading his new writing, he mentions in every single one of them the perfect murder, which is another thing we've heard him mention before in, I think, the first iteration of the story that won him the contract. That's the other thing, is like he was supposed to write the book that was going to win him the contract. And he did, and he won the contract. And now they're saying it's not good enough. It's like, well, then why did you pick me? Like, you
1: already know what the story was. Yeah, I, uh, I think that there's there's something sinister going on here. <laughs> yeah, on the thirsty side of things,
0: Kevin is complaining about a test that they just took, and he's like, "Why did we need to know what a primogenitor was? Which, by the way, is an ancestor, especially the earliest ancestor of a people." So, huh? Good, good to know. Good to and- know. And
1: Veronica's like, "Wait, that was a question?" <laughs> yeah
0: so veronica is like a little bit toasted because she's been drinking rum uh and she has a flask of rum that was in her locker and honey comes in and he's like hey i found this in your locker and then veronica calls him principal mussolini yeah she's like since yeah. when is the
1: school a fascist police state how dare principal you mussolini. search my locker and it's like well why do you have your rum in your locker keep it in your purse like a normal person
0: and I'm like 95% sure that when I was in high school or, well, we didn't really use lockers in high school, but when I was in middle school and we used lockers, pretty sure that we were told kind of upfront, like, they could be searched at any time kind of thing.
1: Yeah, because when you're a like that's kid, fair. you don't have any rights. Yeah. eh, Like, eh, I don't think that anyone was searching lockers in high school, but like they could have if they needed to. Sure.
0: I mean, I never really had my locker searched, but I did have to ask for someone to open it multiple times because I would not. It's not just that I would forget my combo. It just like wouldn't work. Anyway, so Mary's
1: like, I don't know how to use combination locks. Well, no, like the the loggers were super old at our
0: school and they were definitely the kind that you see in like cartoons where you have to like bang on it twice in a particular way to like get it to open. Like it was definitely, definitely a thing. Anyways, then Archie stands up for Veronica and he's like, no, that was my flask. Honey, you know, it's been like a hard year. And honey's like, yeah, okay. You're gonna get a week's detention, which was definitely way nicer to him than it was to Veronica when he said that he was gonna tell her her college about
1: it. I don't understand why Princess Honey is always trying to interfere in that way like you would think it would reflect well on him for students from his school to get into good colleges so why would he try to... You know, jeopardize that. Well, I guess I could understand if he was like, "I'm gonna have to put this on your transcript," yeah, and like, therefore it would look bad.
0: But he implied like, "I'm gonna call the college and tell them."
1: I I also like how she's like, "Yeah, but it doesn't matter." The recruiter from Barnard saw me at my speakeasy drinking. Like, they're not okay. Can someone explain to me when this happened? Because we didn't see it. Because
0: I'm pretty sure the recruiter from Columbia saw her at her speakeasy where she wasn't drinking, where she was dancing, and then she went to New York to speak to Barnard. So this is like literally last week she went to New York. So I don't know why we're trying to pretend that that's not what
1: happened. Yeah, they they, they just don't. They didn't get it right. Because, yeah, we never saw anyone from Barnard. So definitely bad. She thanks Archie for his gallant gesture in the biology classroom. And she's like trying to have sex with him again. And he's like, whoa, The science teacher could be back any second. And like, what are you doing? Which I think is a valid response to this. And she's like, I thought we were going to have fun, Archie. She's drunk in the day yep typical typical Veronica back in the
0: speakeasy Tony postponed her meeting I guess until Thursday because like I said now it's Thursday even though it was previously Tuesday whatever also what time of day is it because the speakeasy is like full
1: of nightclub people I'm On like a, are they Thursday? all teenagers what? is anyone an know. adult is there a college nearby because Thursday's a popular college drinking night well the thing is like if I was living in Riverdale and I was a high schooler
0: and well yeah but they can't even sell alcohol at this place but if there was like a club open I feel like I'd go like once and then maybe like every once in a while it would not be the kind of thing that I would do every night or even like once a week I just feel like you got you're too busy to just go dance every night don't these kids have homework well some of them do i mean archie's not doing it but some people are so tony gets hermosa to dance with her and then cheryl comes in and dances with her as well and i don't really know what this scene was about i don't know why we had to have them dancing i think it was supposed to be like trying to get hermosa to like like them
1: yeah but... it was supposed to i think indicate that like oh they're gonna have a threesome with hermosa and i but why don't want any of that because they're adult. three hotties okay it's okay but it was weird it was weird anyway, it was really
0: weird and i didn't like it they lead hermosa out and then they take them to take her to the maple
1: club and also veronica says she's drinking a mint mojito
0: which That's is redundant.
1: all all mojitos have mint even other flavors of mojito are like raspberry and mint Right. Non- yeah, it's it's redundant.
0: You don't need to say that. Yeah. You, you,
1: you wouldn't say like, oh, I'm drinking my cherry flavored Shirley Temple. It's like I'm, I'm having a coconut pina colada. Yeah. But it's also like something that we do do because you'll be like, I'm having chai tea. I'm eating naan bread. And like chai True. means tea and naan So um, it's like something we do sometimes. (laughs) Someone named Laura
0: prepares the suite so that Veronica can snap a trap, which I thought was a fun phrase. I didn't like it. Anyway, and then this is mostly just me yelling at the, uh, I have, most of my notes are in all caps here. Girl, girl, don't tell her the rum operation is called the Maple Club. Hiram literally made that club for Penelope. How do they not know this? They do know this. I mean, Cheryl at the end of season two overhears Hiram making plans with Penelope to give her a brothel. Then they know that Penelope has a brothel. You've gotta assume that Hiram knows about this. It is so dumb. So dumb. It's laughable that it's like, oh, the only thing keeping Hiram from the Maple Club is like not knowing a password or something. He knows the location. They took her there. He's
1: been there. Like...
0: Yeah, it's really dumb. So anyway, um, so uh,
1: then uh, I, I don't remember exactly what happens here. She just Veronica is like, oh, you're like the we worst. knew it was you right away. We know you're there for dad, blah, blah, blah. And then like brings up their dad is sick. And Hermos is like, I thought that you didn't know about this. He told me you didn't know. And then Veronica like flies off the handles that sorry, flies off the handles, flies off the handle that her dad didn't want her to know that he's sick, which is a very typical parent. Thing to be like, I want to hide something bad from my kid because it will make it easier, but then it just but makes she- the kid mad.
0: And she's more upset that he told Hermosa instead of her. Yeah, because Hermosa she's has been an on an his adult. side, and she's been on his side, and you have not been whatever. So Archie confronts Veronica and is like, hey, you got to stop being a crazy party girl and pushing people away. And she's like, oh, my dad's dying. And Archie's like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's why he's working out in my gym. He doesn't say that. (laughs) Archie's like, well, you should take the time to say goodbye because you at least have that opportunity and I didn't have that and give some of your strength to your dad which is nice of him but also I would be
1: like maybe you you should just let your dad die because he's a horrible person um I feel like that's not something you can say to someone when their dad no, no. <laughs>
0: it's definitely not it's definitely not and I, Mary's I, mean, I like don't think, hey it-
1: you're not allowed to mourn family even if they're bad people. no <laughs> no you definitely you definitely can but it's
0: more of the like I don't know why Veronica needs to be on Hiram's side now. Like, Hiram doesn't get it. I feel like he shouldn't be, oh, all of the bad things you've tried to do are completely forgotten.
1: Yeah, but it's one of those things where when someone gets sick, it brings things into kind of sharp relief. Right. And you realize, like, oh, I know what's really important now versus what they've maybe dealt with before. Yeah. So,
0: Friday, Veronica calls her family soul-sucking vampires, which is nice. I like that. Yeah, and so she gives this rum presentation where she, like, has a little poster board. I don't know when she had time to make this, but her rum is called Red Ravens, which is at least better than Luna rum. Um, Yeah. at least sounds like a rum name and so she's like I made this ad and it's also gonna be put up in Seaside and then I don't know where the other one was Greendale maybe and oh great three small town ads that's gonna definitely shoot
1: your business right to stardom and Hiram is like congratulations because you have awoken the dragon and I am gonna take you down and he's like so mad uh, which was exactly what she wanted but I think maybe he knew that's what she wanted? I, I don't know. The, the thing that I don't get about this is, like, why
0: do they have to fight? You have different types of rum. Why can't you just both be like, woohoo, We're look at us, rum family with two different types of rum. We're so awesome. And, like, support each other. And then... Um, Hermione and Hermosa are all mad at her. He's he's in a weakened state. You shouldn't have yelled at him and worked him up. And she's like, dude, no, I'm, I'm trying to work him up to like give him his strength back. Like, at least he's not moping around now. Which is fine, except don't, don't yell at Veronica. He's also horrible. Why can't he? She's like, family should be supporting each other. Right. Hiram didn't support her, though. Like, why
1: why aren't you telling Hiram to like, be proud of her? Yeah, because Veronica's not sick. Uh, and then okay. Veronica's like, nobody is going to make my daddy better except me. And I'm like, this isn't medically proven like I've i'm got pretty some sure concerns. she even says except for me veronica lodge i i think that she did say that and i was trying to avoid talking about it but now here it is everybody knows so then it goes back to the main plot of the duckhead betty stuff and they're like trying to figure out what the hell is going on yeah they're looking at the murder board again they're they're back at that the old murder board And they're trying to figure out why Donna had that tie pin. But, like, isn't Donna part of that secret society? Wouldn't she have a tie pin? It's the fact that she
0: had chippings because it had his initials on it.
1: Yeah, I guess. But, like, so, mm. well, they're talking about,
0: like, we know that the affair story is fake. So why did she have it? Is it because DuPont set her up with the tie pin to, like, add evidence to the affair story? That's their sort of thought here. In which case, it's like, that's fine. But yeah. Probably should have just, like, given him, given her, like, one of Chipping's hats or something. Like, why? The fact that it's the tie pin is, like, the secret society thing is, that's too much of a tie-in.
1: I don't know. So then Betty decides that she's going to meet with Donna to clear the air, and they meet up Pops. And she's like, I know you didn't have an affair with chipping. You should come forward. You should tell the truth. Like, you should be upfront and honest. Like, I'm gonna get you. What is and, this tactic? Like, because they're so dumb. Like, strategically these people are stupid. And Donna's like, you really, uh, you really think you know what's going on here, but you don't know anything. Like, good luck. And walks away. She walks away really dramatically, which I understand, but like, you could have at least drank some of the milkshake. Pop would
0: probably let you take it to go. They're wasting a lot of milkshakes in the they show. They waste
1: a lot of milkshakes. And also, I I, like have super been craving a milkshake, so I just felt such immense jealousy when Donna walked away and didn't even drink any of it. <laughs> yeah. So Brett talks with Jughead and he's like,
0: Jughead, uh Jughead says that he's gonna, say he's gonna everything like, at the tribunal. Let he's gonna Everybody like, know. Yeah, he's gonna out the secret society, he's gonna talk about I don't know, all the mean stuff. Doesn't the done, whole school know about the
1: secret society?
0: I- I assume so I, This is all dumb And Brett's like No You're not gonna say Any of this Because I do have A sex tape of you And Betty Which Duh You guys knew about this For like two weeks Why have you not Been tracking this down Like they, they just sort of Have been like Maybe he has one." Oh well We'll deal with that later No get it Ah Anyway Also if you don't And so like Brett threatens To basically release The sex tape If Jughead says All this stuff At the tribunal And Jughead's Oh that wouldn't Bother me And Brett says Well it would Destroy Betty Which first off I disagree with i think that i mean i think betty would be like upset but i don't think it would destroy her she's already not getting into college she's already like suspended from school i kind of feel like this would not be like a make or break thing also brett would get in trouble from having a
1: sex tape on, on of like people who
0: were well i assume no. that
1: brett is saying that he'll like anonymously release it so that it doesn't like tie to him but sure i mean I think he'd he's admitted like, smart enough to, to, to having it and so like that's another thing that they could at least like bring up to cause like some sort of issue towards the story whatever anyways I just
0: don't understand why these people don't carry around tape recorders at all times and record everything Brett says
1: yeah it's very weird that they're not like recording anything then they start the tribunal which is weird to call it a tribunal and they're like Jughead you have two choices you can leave gracefully and not ruin your reputation and not ruin the school's reputation or you can stay and fight the plagiarism charges and he's like I'm leaving and so that makes me think do you think this is the same thing that happened with his grandpa. Um, it's possible. I've had a lot of
0: different theories about like what has happened on this show. What's like what the big twists are. And I feel like we're never going to hear anymore from this whole grandpa situation again, unless we get an episode a little later in the season where Jughead's like, no, here's what was happening the whole time. Boom, 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 all these things. But at this point, it's been so long that like, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that they could have done really smart with this plot. And I'm not sure that they're doing it. I kind of I like want to believe that the show has a plan. But I kind of feel like they don't, which I'll get into more when I get to like the whole Jughead dying thing. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is what happened with the grandfather. I think more likely DuPont just took it from him and then, you know, asked for some money. I I don't know. I just feel like if it was the plagiarism thing, why would do, like, why would the grandfather have not just told Jughead that? Although I still don't necessarily believe that that's actually his grandfather, but whatever.
1: Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. So then F.P. and Betty are like, why didn't you fight? You said you had all this material. And Betty's like, is it because of the sex tape?
0: Yeah, and she's like, um, I'm the daughter of the Black Hood. That would not have bothered me that much. (laughs) Which, fair. I feel like it would have destroyed Alice, though. Okay, sure. But also at this point, they they still, I mean, I feel like Jughead should have been like, okay, Brett, I won't say anything. But then if I don't say anything, you need to give me the sex tape back. Because Brett can just continue to hold this over Jughead's head forever. Yeah, Jughead's not good at being blackmailed. No, he's not. Well, I Um, guess he's
1: really good at being blackmailed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's not good at fighting.
1: He's not good at fighting it.
0: So FB's also kind of mad because he's like, you should have stood up to them, boy. And all that. And so Brett and Donna invite Betty and
1: Jughead to the party in the woods. Betty says no. Jughead's like, yes, we're going to be there. Because I, and this is the moment where it's like very clear that there's something else going on. Right. If, if
0: all of the perfect murder things have not been enough and the fact that Jughead in his opening was narrating his own death, which I'll get to. So Jughead says he has a plan and that she needs to trust him and that he's going to take care of the whole like sex tape business. And then he'll tell Betty everything. Then they say goodbye and they they kiss each other and they're like, oh, I love you,
1: which definitely seems, you know, it doesn't seem like, oh, I'll see you later tonight. It seems like I'm not going to see you for some time. Right. And I don't really know. The big question
0: here is like, how much is Betty in on this plan? I don't think she's super in on it. I don't think she is either. I think she's just trusting him. I don't know why he can't just tell her something, but I have some ideas about this. So then we see Jughead put on his serpent clothes. He's got his like jeans with the like suspenders hanging down. Then he puts on his serpent jacket and he gets a knife out, which is the world's tiniest switchblade. Yeah, Jughead's knives are out. Okay, (laughs) same. (laughs) He grabs the demon bunny mask thing that we've yeah. seen before. Okay, we're going to get to the Ides March in just one second. Real quick, last thing with Archie. Archie decides not to sell the company, the construction firm. Instead, he, which is like, that's great that you don't want to sell it, but why'd you have to tempt Vic and like get him there to the signing? And that's when well, you changed his I think mind. he really
1: thought he was going to do it. And then he like saw Vic's face and he was like, oh, I hate Vic's dumb, stupid face. I can't sell him anything. Even yeah. this money pit of a company that is not lucrative at all. It's like, honestly, yes, yeah, sell the company to Vic because it's not a successful company. Yeah, and I really don't think Fred would care. So then he decides to make
0: Sheriff Keller foreman anyway. So yay! And then Hiram's like, "Oh, I'm impressed." And I don't know. Yeah, if he because Sheriff is,
1: Keller but. agrees to take a smaller salary while they get things up and running. And it's like, well, I don't think they're gonna get things back. But okay. But here's the thing: if Archie
0: is making Sheriff Keller foreman, we're in exactly the same spot that we were yeah, like nothing, a month ago. Nothing. Nothing has, has changed. changed.
1: Uh, Archie and Veronica get a call from Jughead that they're invited to this Ides of March party at Stonewall and Archie's like oh why do we have to go and Veronica's like when was the last time all four of us hung out together and it's just like, hilarious yeah we haven't seen them in a room like all season it was probably the day before the first day of school also
0: Archie does tell Veronica that he won't be able to walk during graduation but he's going to try to go to summer school and then apply during the spring semester I missed when he said what he was going to do during the fall like take more
1: classes yeah or, like, so i work. I think that what he's going to do is do summer school and then probably do more school in the fall. Or, like, I don't know, is he going to finish for the summer and then be able to start in the fall?
0: I don't think he was going to be able to start in the fall, but maybe he'll be able to, like, apply to schools during the fall and then start spring semester. Yeah, I
1: think it's just that, like, he definitely will not be able to start for fall intake because he won't be graduated in time. Right. So it might be that he will finish by the fall and then he'll be applying for the spring intake.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this was the boringest part of the episode.
1: Okay. Let's get into the Ides of March. Yeah, so it is a massive party with drinking that is apparently sanctioned by the school. Yeah. Uh, look, who, who even cares? Veronica and Archie go off to Bone in the Woods. Yeah, they're like, what did, Veronica's like, when was the last time we made it in the woods? And I'm like, shut up, Veronica. Like, just go to the sex bunker and stay there until you're under control. Because this is disgusting. <laughs> also, I could tell you in uh, Labor Day, pretty sure. Well, that was so long ago. That was in September. And now it's the Ides of March, which yeah, is definitely is the, a, the previous a term yeah. Yeah. that people actually use for March 15th in the <sighs> world when they're not talking about Caesar. So here's the part that I want to break down because, so this
0: is what we see. I'm going to like real quick just say like describe the rest of what happens and then we can talk about like what actually probably happened. Okay. So Jughead puts on his bunny mask. Then we see him walk up to Brett and I think it's Donna and I don't know probably Jonathan and he doesn't say anything but Brett's like all right I'll take care of this and he takes Jughead out into the woods. Then we see a shot of Jughead pulling off the bunny mask and putting his hat back on and we see like a very deliberate shot of Jughead turning to face the camera so that we know that it is Jughead because we see the back of him him and brett go into the woods and that's the last we see of them then we see betty follow donna into the woods donna smiles and she's like hey i know everything about you i even talked to evelyn and i know the the magic word that makes you fugue and betty's like aha i know about tangerine and she's like no the other wires." sorry
1: right in the middle there betty's like tangerine three times well that doesn't work anymore and i want to know when betty got deprogrammed i think it was when she like went back in time and like kill or uh
0: like told her young herself not to kill the the cat or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but like,
1: when did they actually take the time to remove tangerine as a trigger word for her? Well, so the thing is, they're
0: implying here from Donna that tangerine is a word that makes Betty want to kill dark Betty, but that there's a different word that makes Betty want to kill her family.
1: Well, it's dumb anyways. I just it would is like dumb. to point out, like, we have no evidence of why tangerine three times wouldn't work anymore, and it really bothered me. Well, I guess
0: because, I mean, they could do that, but there's no one named Betty around for Betty to attack, I guess, is, is the thought here. It's like a different thing. Whatever. It's not important. I mean, it kind of is, but it's kind of not. So then we don't hear what the new word is. Then we see Archie and Veronica come back from Boning in the Woods, Jonathan and Joan are like, hey, Jughead and Betty went out in the woods. And then you see Brett and Donna show up, like with them. And then they go out, Veronica and Archie got into the woods and they see Jughead
1: laying on the ground, Betty holding a rock in one hand and blood on her other hand. And it's exactly the scene that we've seen before in a flash forward. Like, I don't think it's another version of it. It's literally the exact flash forward. Yeah, I think it's the same scene. And so Jughead has blood on his head.
0: Archie, who we know is like, you know, Riverdale's number one paramedic, Licensed to do this, (laughs) leans down and determines the Jughead is dead. He also like he just says it weird. He's dead, Betty. What did you do? I feel like you would be like, oh my god, Betty. He's not breathing, guys. He's dead. Like I, I, I don't know why he just says it so. Oh, my best friend. Yep, he's dead. Okay, and that's it. And that's what we get for the end. Now, here's the thing. I'm trying to figure out a way to spin this to where Betty and Jughead have the upper hand, and it's not Brett and Donna who have the upper hand because we're clearly being trying to have us think that Betty killed Jughead and that was it and that Donna made her fugue and that she went and killed Jughead. There's some stuff that I'm reading into like this the the main thing that I'm reading into that was super weird about this besides like the obvious stuff about like Jughead saying he has a plan even though we've seen Betty say that she has a plan in the past and it be super dumb the thing with the lie detector test although I'll get back to that in a second so they're trying to make us think that this happened and they're not really giving us a whole lot of reason why it shouldn't have happened the way it laid out also the fact that when we see Jughead being pronounced dead, we get the voiceover again from the beginning of Jughead saying like, oh, if only I had known what was going to happen this week, which is another reason why I think he's not dead, because that just seems like a, you know, we're hearing I mean, unless it's like a ghostly voiceover.
1: I don't think it's a ghostly voiceover. I think that Jughead is not dead. He has somehow successfully faked his own death. We're gonna find out in a couple weeks, because like, I also I was under the impression that like all of this stuff was going to be how the season ended. And then now, with them showing. Showing it now, it makes me think that they're going to resolve this a lot quicker than what we would have expected. Well, so like, here's the big one that's standing out to me. The flash
0: forward that we saw at the very end of season three said spring break. It said spring break, and it was Betty, Veronica, and Archie wearing their underwear, burning their clothes. Betty says, okay, we're going to burn our clothes and Jughead's beanie. We're going to jump in the watering hole and wash off. Then we're going to go home. We're going to graduate. We're never going to speak of this again. We're never going to tell our parents. And then we're going to go our separate ways to college. And that's the only way way that we can hide what we did here. That presented with this makes us think that that is related and somehow to Jughead's death. I disagree. My theory is that's a completely different thing that hasn't happened yet.
1: Yeah, because, because many, mostly because like, most of them break. haven't gotten into college.
0: Most of them haven't gotten into college. Okay, so it's one of two things. It's either the show putting that
1: at the end of season three with not really a plan and then they're just hoping we kind of forgot about it. I just, I don't think that. Like, I feel like we talk a lot about the show, like, not having a plan or whatever. That's not... Not how TV works. Like you don't get to just write episodes as they come and not have a plan. They do have a plan. It's just not a good plan. Sure.
0: I mean, we've already pointed out several continuity errors, like, from this episode. Yeah, they have
1: continuity errors. But, like, in general, the big storylines have been planned out and they know how it's going to end. Sure. So I'm going to
0: assume that, like, at least for now, until we get next episode, where the beginning of next episode is them standing around a bonfire burning their clothes, I'm assuming that that's a different event that hasn't happened yet and won't happen for a couple more weeks or something. So, and here's what my big plan is, because the other Mm -hmm. flash forwards we've seen so far, Besides the one that was literally this scene we got with Betty standing with the rock and Jughead yeah. or, or Archie saying, what you do? The other one, which the last time we got, by the way, we got that flash forward at the end of the episode where Betty did the tangerine thing. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was like related to that. Okay. So yeah. the other
1: flash words we've gotten are, and they've been in all random yeah. order. So we've seen the body getting identified by by uh, FP and
0: Betty, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. We've seen FP rushing into school, pointing at Veronica, Betty, and Archie and saying, you guys are under the arrest for judgment. Jughead's murder. Yeah. And then we also see Donna and Brett, I'm pretty sure it was Donna and Brett, wearing their like uniforms, pointing out Archie, Betty, and Veronica in a lineup and saying, Those are the three we saw murder Jughead.
1: Yeah. In a lineup that is not how lineups work. Right. We
0: also saw one more, which is Betty sitting in Pops with Archie saying, crying and saying that she can't believe that like Jughead's not coming back and that she can't talk to him. She doesn't say he's dead in that. She yeah. just says that he's not coming back and she can't talk to him. Okay. So here is what I think happened. Okay. I think that Jughead had has had this plan for a while and we've gotten a lot of hints about it he's constantly been talking about plans particularly in the quiz show episode he told Betty oh this thing with Brett this is all about a bigger plan we're talking about the master plan here sometimes it seems like Betty's in on the plan sometimes it seems like he's not based on Betty's master plan the other time we've heard a plan was Betty and FP and Jughead those are the three people who I think are in on this whole plan Mm -hmm. and so the three of them were standing in the kitchen in this episode when Betty said she had her plan which from what we saw was just her doing the lie detector thing I think that's going to come back later. I think they took the results of that lie detector test and they're using that as evidence for this whole bigger thing which is all about getting justice for yeah. this Baxter brother thing. Which is also dumb down because the lie
1: detector tests are
0: not sure.
1: permissible in court because they're like routinely bad. But Sorry. I think
0: they're using it. I think they're using it for something. Okay. Yes for sure. I agree with the that. The other thing that I think happened is I think somebody else was wearing the serpent jacket and the bunny mask when they walked out to meet Brett. Dylan I think Sprout. that was a dip Person, (laughs) yeah, I think it's either FP or maybe like Fangs is the only other person who I could think of. I'd have to like look at the clip again because I'm sure they, I mean, it might actually be Cole Sprouse in that scene, but I think it's like one of these things where unless the show is just being weird, I don't know why they made a very deliberate point about Jughead putting on the bunny mask, walking out to Brett, not talking, and then immediately taking the bunny mask back off. Like what was the point of that whole scene unless it was to hide who Jughead really was? Yeah, no, it was
1: absolutely there to hide
0: it. Right. So we definitely... Definitely, also get a deliberate scene of showing that Jughead is going out into the woods with Brett, which means that there's someone else who's trying to look like Jughead or something somewhere. Yeah, haven't figured that part out yet, but I think that FP and Betty and, or maybe Betty to some extent, but definitely, definitely FP and Jughead are in on this plan. I think FP, when he is identifying the body with Betty, I think they're both in on some kind of plan here, and I think that FP, when he's calling out Betty and Archie and Veronica as being the murderers, is also in on the plan. I think, I think some extent, they're all in on some kind of plan which is faking Jughead's death fake framing Betty and Veronica and Archie for it only to later catch Donna and Brett and somehow pin it on them the only questions here that we don't know are like why is Betty in front of Veronica and Archie pretending that she did kill Jughead or whatever why does Donna and Brett seem to be satisfied when they come back yeah I think they must have had. They must have watched Betty appear to kill Jughead and then walk back to the clearing. I don't know. There's definitely still yeah. some holes here, but I think that there are some key points, and we all know that this is going to result in the fake perfect murder of Jughead. The yeah, definitely a fake perfect murder. Yeah. Okay. Got a lot of things to go over here, but real quick, Ides of March, 2011 movie, has nothing to do with this, from what I can tell. There's probably more movies about the Ides of March, but this I'm, one's an American political drama. Yeah. So, so the
1: reference with Ides of Marches is, is like because it is a. No- Notable date due to the assassination of Julius Caesar, which was a betrayal. I I think that that's what it's supposed to be. Where everyone at Stonewall is like stabbing Jughead. Yes, that's my that's that's my theory on that one. Yeah, that's probably right. Yes, so that's
0: possible. We got a couple comments on this episode, but we also have a lot from Gregory McBean that we're covering the last episode, and also from our podcast that we did with Josh Wiggler. By the way, if you haven't listened to the podcast with Josh Wiggler, you all should. like, what are you doing it?
1: come on like yes. why are you even here if you <laughs> don't want to hear the Josh Wiggler crossover episode um I don't think that Josh has watched any more episodes of Riverdale yet but i do i i do think he's intrigued and I think he will watch more I think he will i think once and he then has one some day we'll have Emily fox on the podcast and that yes. will be a true treat because she is so cool she's way too cool for us
0: it might be after season 40 of survivors over but I think it'll happen eventually so some questions Questions that Gregory McBean had for that podcast were, don't you miss when there was a common baddie in the Black Hood? Season one and two were so much better and easier to follow. No, I don't miss it. I, I agree with him. I'm, well, I'm I agree. Don't agree. He said, where has this Tony and Forsyth, aka Jughead, relationship gone? We haven't have seen them hang out any time recently.
1: Yeah, it's, that's the weird part. When it like seemed like they were gonna hook up and then... And they were close. Like they were friends. She was like his only resource at like Southside High, so... I'm going to say, hot take, I think Tony is the most mishandled character on the show. I don't think that's even a hot take. I think that that is a really good point. Like, they just don't know what to do with her. They just throw her in wherever they want.
0: She, she's been demoted to Cheryl's sidekick. Like, at least when Cheryl and her were having, like, relationship issues, it was two distinct characters, like, having different opinions. Now it's just she does whatever Cheryl wants and it's really
1: annoying. Yeah, it's um, kind of creepy.
0: Yeah. And then he says, knowing who the Black Hood is on the second go around, do we understand his motivation in his requests to Betty, I guess, to, like, give him names and to put on the Black Hood and everything like that? I think so. I think Hal's whole thing is, like, Betty, you're like me you're you're also a deranged person which is kind of interesting that that's like a big plot point of this season i mean the whole reason we got betty doing this stuff with charles and realizing that she has the gene and all of that is i think to set up this whole point of us thinking that she killed jughead anyway we're getting to it for season four he says when donna said brett didn't know how how to handle a sword she was clearly saying he was no good in bread right probably uh (laughs) He said, is this Katie Keene crossover realistic in canon of that show?
1: Okay, so I watched the first episode of Katie Keene, and it very clearly takes place in the future. Like, they are all definitely 21, at least. Okay. when Katie Keene is airing because like in the crossover, Katie's talking about her mom being sick. Her mom is fully dead in the show. Yeah, so I would
0: assume that my feeling is that much in the same way that we had Veronica in the first couple episodes of Riverdale's mention her friend Katie from New York, I would not be surprised if Katie mentions her friend Veronica.
1: The other thing though that's the only weird thing about that actually is that um, a major plot point in Katie Keene is that she's from the Lower East Side from like a poor neighborhood and did not have a lot of money growing up so the idea that she was in private school with veronica seems kind of weird yeah it could be like that's the the only thing that makes me think like it could have been another katie or maybe she got a scholarship and we don't know Yeah I was gonna say I think it's a lot more like that girl in
0: Cheetah Girls who's like pretending to be wealthy but really wasn't kind of situation. Yeah
1: I could definitely see that. It's definitely what we're seeing a lot. It was like there's definitely some. I think that basically the show is trying to be like a love letter to the city of New York and it's so funny because there's the most iconic scene is she gets in a fight with this other personal shopper at Lacey's and the girl's like I deserve this promotion Katie. I'm from the Upper East Side and you're just a gutter girl from the Lower East Side and Katie he's like, you're from Westchester, you're not fooling anyone. And it's like a key moment in the episode, which is just so funny. Okay, guys, calm down. Westchester's like immediately outside of the city.
0: so we will potentially cover more katie keen stuff once we watch a couple episodes i don't think we're gonna do it episode does recaps not
1: need episode by episode coverage let me tell you
0: yeah we'll do chunk recaps so look forward to that eventually one day and then gregory mcbean's last couple questions are there no adults at this school to see here archie being slammed through stalls sinks and cabinets the answer is yes there's mr beaker and there's mr honey and that's it and that one lady who's probably still locked in her classroom can we just assume that she's dead the cheerleading coach
1: oh yeah she's definitely <laughs> (laughs) dead. And where's the guidance counselor? I think we need her back. We definitely need her back. She could come and do some good. Yeah. And then he asks, do we believe the Hiram disease storyline? I mean, I don't care about it. Yeah. I think that if anything, he's gonna miraculously find a cure because rich people get better medical treatment. I I think he'll get better. My hope would be
0: that I hope this show is leaning towards, like, trying to make him at least not a bad guy anymore. I mean, he can be a bad guy, but I don't need him to be the villain anymore. It's annoying. Whatever. So, close with no cigars.
1: We we have solstice yeah Gym. i thought we had another one i don't know that they count as close but no cigars but it's worth mentioning jarhead and bison yeah i felt like we had another one i i don't know what the other one would be uh might have missed it but i felt like there was another one who is the most normal person of the week i think it's pretty clear it's principal honey <sighs> Yeah. Like, who else was normal?
0: Let's see. Not Tony, not Cheryl, not Veronica. Archie wasn't super abnormal, but he was... I mean, Archie was fine. Eh, I don't know. I mean, the problem with, like, people like Betty and Jughead is we just don't know what's going on in this plot line right now, so we can't really get it to It's not them. normal.
1: Regardless of what is happening, it's not normal. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the people at Stonewall are being way too weird to be considered normal. Yeah. I, I guess... I
0: guess I'm, I'm okay with Prince Honey. I was trying to think if like FP could have it, but he was he was just wasn't in there very much
1: either. And like, I don't think he was acting normal.
0: Yeah. And if he is truly in on this whole scheme, he's definitely not normal. So. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, let's give it to Principal Honey. Principal Honey
1: or Principal Mussolini. Principal Mussolini of the fascist police state that is Riverdale High. Yes. Great. Well, this was a fun
0: episode. Sorry, I had to be a little quicker, everyone. I got a busy, busy, busy day. And Kirsten may or may not have fallen asleep when she was supposed to podcast with me.
1: I am really sorry that I fell asleep. I, I don't know what happened. I just woke up and it was much later than when we were supposed to start recording. And I was like, ah oh no yeah it's also like when we can go through chronologically I feel like it's pretty easy to, to go through it all do we want to read some of the these reviews that we got yes we do so everyone we had been asking last time
0: about we had mentioned again that we have split the Riverdale feed it's still all the podcasts you can still subscribe to Kowski Cast. that's completely fine you can also subscribe to both if you're just like a really awesome person but I will set up in the next couple days if you go to KowskiCast.com iTunes it should direct you to the iTunes feed, which I'm going to work on. Not yet, but in the next couple of days. So give me some time, but it'll yeah. be there eventually. Give Mary some time,
1: guys. Please. Yeah. Just give it'll her be some there. time. It'll be
0: there eventually. But otherwise, you could just go to iTunes and or you know Apple Podcasts and search for Riverdale Recap or search for Kowski Cast. You should be able to find both of the two feeds, and we're accepting reviews on both, but we'd love some reviews on the new Riverdale recap one so that we can just give get, us a five-star review and rating on both, okay? Why not both? yes so i'm gonna read a couple of those now this one is from vince sly who says good work and then it says joey sasso's voice i can't do can you do joey sasso's voice is he saying yeah buddy what's he saying it says message this podcast is dope which is not his voice i can't do an accent
1: message I'm just going to scream. No. So he's giving us a circle update in the Joey Sass of a voice, which shows that he knows me on a deep personal level. Yes. Yes. So that was great.
0: And then we have another one here from Thor Fist, which is Tom Tom Palmer.
1: Let me send it to Kirsten so that she can read it. Ugh. This one says, they often mention my name. So five stars. Go hashtag bready, hashtag veggie, hashtag dead jughead. So, Tom Palmer is a fan of the Be- Brett and Betty combo and just killing off Jughead. Okay. I mean, he's also a fan of Riverdale, so there's no accounting for days.
0: <laughs> Yes. we have a couple more reviews but i'm going to save them for next podcast
1: but if you would like
0: your review read please please give us some that would be very very nice and it shoots us up there in the charts we're trying to trying to get up higher i want to be on that first line of riverdale podcast that's the goal yeah come on okay. get us
1: in that first line don't you think we're first string come on i think we are i right, look right now
0: we're at least ahead of the uh r-a-n-a-p episode of Riverdale. Hey, but- that's progress we could do better than that yeah we're, we're ahead there, of ourselves
1: anyway. <laughs> um, we're ahead of ourselves all
0: right everyone that's all for this week's episode thank you for joining us we'll be back next week for a recap of episode 14 actually no well we will be back next week there is a one week gap in between episodes though so depending on when you're listening to this it might be sooner or later yeah but they there will there leave will us be a g- cliffhanger.
1: a gap between episodes which i'm thankful for because i'm busy uh. <laughs> yes um but until then you can follow me online at from
0: Mary on every platform. You can find, follow Kirsten online at Kirsten Said What everywhere. And you can follow uh, the podcast at KowskiCast.com or KowskiCast on Twitter. That's cow with the K. All right. With the K. That's right. All right, everyone. Till next time.
1: Bye. Yo, Riverdale's good. Riverdale, it's all pretty dumb.